right? We are up to Pavov. I, I sent out the, I, I mislabeled it yesterday. Um, yeah, Pavov. So actually, Pei Hei Amid Beis, the bottom two lines. Krivseder uh, of Nachman. So we said yesterday that if I sell you the right, I sell you a, a debt. So I have a debt that's worth $1,000, and I don't want to collect it, so I sell it to you. You give me 500 bucks, you can take it. The halacha is that after I sell it to you, I could be Michael on the debt. I could pull the rug out from under you. Um, similarly, not just me. If, if, and why would anybody buy a debt? If that's, if that could be. I guess because, oh, so the Gemara is going to give a way to avoid it, but I guess the Cheshman is, it was understood not to do that. And by the way, according to one opinion, you could take him to court. So we'll see. But but uh, but but yeah, it's not a. It, it it probably that's also probably one of the reasons why you can't. They didn't charge full price for it. Um, in addition, the Yorish can also be Michael. Meaning, if let's say the person who you know A owes B money, then B could be Michael even if he sells it. But if B dies, B's heir can also be Michael. He could also pull the rug out. So says the Gemara. There was a relative of Rav Nachman, she sold her ksuba. She sold the right to collect her ksuba. Now, this was a business. Like a woman, let's say the ksuba, she gets the ksuba if she gets divorced or if he dies first. She gets, let's say, $10,000. She could sell that. Now, she's not going to be able to sell for that much because it's, it's, like, it's like an option in stocks because if... If she dies first, you get nothing. So it's, it's a gamble. So the relative of Rav Nachman, she sold her ksuba. So she has no rights to her ksuba. Okay. Then she died. So now her daughter wants to come collect her ksuba. The problem is her daughter can't because the mother sold, sold the rights. So also Kutavala So the woman who bought the, the person who bought the ksuba says to the daughter, you can't collect it. I want to collect it. Which is fair, right? Mother sold it, nothing wrong. But she, but uh, Rav Nachman felt bad. Let's say it was his cousin. Rav Nachman felt bad for his orphaned cousin who now can't even collect the ksuba. So Amalur Rav Nachman leked Rav Nachman said he was talking, I guess, to other relatives. He says, well, "No one has an eitzah for this woman. Give her an eitzah. What's the eitzah? Teizel v'teisiv l'ksuvasa deima l'gavi avua v'tertemina. You see, you know what the eitzah is." Right now, she can't collect the ksuba because the mother sold the rights. You know what she could do? She could meichel the ksuba. Meichel it. It goes to her father, right, because she's the daughter. Then when her father dies, she'll be Yerusha from the father because she was the only child. Meaning, she's not getting it now. There's no way to get it now. But the best thing she could do is let her be meichel it. It'll go to her dad because the dad won't have to pay. Then when her dad dies, she'll get his inheritance. It's a long-term play. It's better than, than not. So... That's what he did. When she heard this, that's what she did. So the Gemara says that Amr of Nachman Rav Nachman had charata that he did this because the kantid is you're not supposed to if you if you you're not supposed to just be like biased and give eitzes to one plaintiff over the other. Now he wasn't a judge, so there was no halachic problem, but he felt it's not right that he you know he basically gave eitzes to one over the other. It was his cousin, so he went over, he gave her a chap, but like, he felt a little bad that he, you know, got himself involved and was like helping one person over the other. So the Gemara says, May Like, originally he was cool with helping her, and then he had charata, like, what changed? So the Gemara says, At first he thought, the Pasuk says, you should take care of your flesh and blood, meaning, you gotta take care of your family. So that's why he did originally, but at the end, 
At the end, he felt, ah, he's an Adam Chashiv, that an Adam Chashiv shouldn't do such a thing. Meaning, even though it's technically, um, I have a Hebrew one by my desk, by my shtender. You're just looking with Gavin. Uh, Adam Chashiv Shani. The Gemara says at the end, he felt, he, he felt bad because although technically he did nothing wrong, he felt that an Adam Chashiv shouldn't, uh, shouldn't, uh, shouldn't uh, take sides. Okay. Gufa. Amr Shmuel. This is a very strange thing. I don't fully grasp. I don't fully grasp what we're about to say. I think I do, but I'm not sure. This is again. This is someone who sold debt. So I sold the rights. I told you this is what Jay Barsky does. It's a very biblical job. He he buys debt. So this person bought debt. Then the person could be Michael. So I. Gavin owes me $1,000. I don't want to collect. I sell it to you for 500 bucks. You want to go collect. I could be Michael that, and you're stuck with nothing. Now, we'll talk about it in a minute when, whether you could take me to court as a machlekes, but, but I, I could do that. I could be Michael. So the question is, when you buy the debt from me from $500, is there any way to protect yourself? Because what's to stop me from just being like, Gavin comes over me, he's like, listen, I'll give you 100 bucks, just get, get rid of it. So what, is there any way to protect yourself? So the Gemara says, the only way to protect yourself is, if you're clever, what you do is, you lend Gavin, again, I'm just picking these names just for example, again, you owe me $1,000. I sell that right to you to collect for 500 But then if I'm Michael, you're at a, you, you lost 500 bucks. So what you do is, you go over to Gavin, you say, hey, listen, I'd like to give you some cash. A loan, a gift, whatever it is. Then, what, let's say you loan him $100. Then, so he has to write a document that you lent him $100. So you say, instead of that, let's just rewrite it with the $1,000 loan, because you have the right to collect. So what you do is, you, you give him another loan, and then you rewrite, instead of just that new loan, you rewrite it with... With the with the thing that you bought, that, that's that's that, that's the best answer to do. Huh? That is like to be clever. The Gemara is like because the thing to me is why it's not so clever is because the liens are affected. Because you'd have to rewrite it based on a later date, but. It's like it's not coming up with a real. No, it's not a great answer. No, because it's it's. Once the buyer sees a document stating the debtor must pay him, the creditor and debtor may be or will be unable to collaborate to the purchaser. You can't do that anymore because you have a new document. I don't, it's, I don't know, listen, it's, it doesn't seem like the best. It, like, it's the only thing you can do. Okay, now here's the Shiloh. The Shiloh is, let's say you didn't do that, and I was Michael. Again, I sold it to you for $500. You go to Gavin to collect, and I was already Michael. You have a meaningless piece of paper. So you lost that $500. The question is, could you take me to court? So this is called Dina de Garmi. Dina de Garmi means I caused you damage in an indirect way. It's a grama, right? It's not like I punched you in the face. It's not like I stole from you. I did, I did action A, which caused you to lose money. It's a causation. It's a cause and effect. Can you charge someone for causing someone loss as a, an indirect way? Well, not indirect, but a step away. Meaning, it's a step away. It's a machlekes amiroyim and tanoyim whether you could uh, whether you could take someone to court for that. So, the end of the guy me. That's that's a, oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, but he is, I think more yeah. steps. Are more, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was imaginary. The end of the guy me. Amra Meimar man the doin the end of the guy me. If you hold that you could judge someone the end of the guy me, meaning that you could charge someone for being goyrim someone money, then migami made the meishtar malya. Then you can take me to court 
for the full value of the document. I mean, whatever you lost, you could take me to court. I mean, because again, by me being Moichel Mechayiv, not only did you lose the $500 that you paid me, you lost the entire $1,000 document that you could collect. So I caused you to lose $1,000. But if you hold you can't be me, then then you could take me to court for the value of paper. I made the paper worthless. Meaning, in other words, uh, how much is paper worth? A dollar? You could take me to court for a dollar. Because I made the paper that had a... I, you could use this paper, now you no longer use this paper. So, meaning, in other words, you can't take me to court. There's nothing. The Gemara says, Rafram forced Ravashi to pay Kikashur Litzalmi. Kikashur Litzalmi means like a pole that holds, uh, that holds up images. Um, yeah, they, apparently they, they, would, they would use beams to hold up like sails, and people were particular about these beams. And if you stole or damaged the beam, they would take you to court like fully. So he tr- he forced him to pay in this case of being Michael the like someone who, in other words, he took him to court fully. Okay. All right. Amr Amei Meshader of Chama. Hi, man. Okay. Let's say you have a person who's got two people who are coming to get paid. His ex-wife, who wants a ksuba, and he owes someone money. Now, he's got, let's say, $1,000 to each. But here's what he's got. Isle Arav Isle Zuzi. He's got $1,000 worth of cash and $1,000 worth of land. Who does he give which to? So, he gives the money to the Balchoyev. And the woman, he gives land. Now, that makes sense, because that's what they're supposed to get. You lend someone money, you get back money. The woman collects from land. So that's like the perfect, perfect solution. Okay. What if, again, you got the woman who comes to him, uh, you owe me $1,000 for the ksuva, the guy's like, you owe me $1,000 from a loan. All he has is $1,000 worth of land. That is it. Who gets paid? One of them's got to wait. So the Gemara says, we pay the debt first. My We don't pay the woman right away. Make her wait. Why? Women want to get married. Meaning, if you don't get paid right away, then in the future, you're probably not going to want to do this act again. Right? So if you lent me money, and you have to wait to get paid, and like a woman gets paid before you for ksuba, then in the next time when, when someone asks to borrow money, you're not going to do it. We don't want that. But we're not as concerned with the woman. You say to the woman, you want your ksuba payment? Wait a little bit. What are you concerned about? The women are not going to want to get married in the future? They're going to want to get married in the future. Meaning, there's not as much of a concern. You're basically going to have to anger one of them by making them wait. And we're afraid that it might affect future actions. We're more concerned that people will stop loaning people money than women stopping wanting to get married. You know, this is woke, but you're taking advantage of someone's weaknesses. Question asked and question answered. So I don't, yeah, I guess so. I don't, right, it's, 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 listen, it's just one of those where it's like, you have to decide. It's the, it's the best of the worst situations. you got to choose one of them to wait. Which one will have long-term effects? The answer is the Bachoyv. Because people are not going to loan people money if it's hard to get their money back. With a woman, if she has to wait to get her suba, it's not like, if she falls in love again, she's not going to say, well, I'm not going to get married because I didn't get my suba. Like, it, it, there's too much emotion involved. She's, she's going to want to get married. So it, we're, we're not as concerned. Now, the Gemara says, 
So the Gemara says like this. What happened was, Rav Papa met Rav Chama, and he said to Rav Chama, people are quoting you in the name of Rav as saying the following. If you have someone who owes someone money, and all he has is land, okay? So you owe me $1,000 cash. I say, listen, I got $1,000 land. So you, again, they're quoting Rav Chama in the name of Rav as saying, so I say to you, hey, go take your money and land. You, you tell the money, tell the debtor to go sell the land and then give it to him. Meaning, you could, you're, he was being, he was quoting Rav as basically saying, if, if you owe me, if I owe you $1,000 and you're like, hey, can I have the money? I'm like, hey, I have it in land. You can say to me, sell it, I want it in cash. Meaning, I can't just tell you take the land. You have the rights to demand that I sell it and give you actual cash. Is that true, that what you're saying? That, that's what they're quoting you as saying. Is that true? So I'm like, he said, no, I never said that. You could pay someone in land. Why can't I pay you in land? Why, do, why, do I, why am I forced? Meaning, because it's basically making me go through the headache of selling it. Why? I'm giving you land. That should be good. So where did that miss this rumor come from? So he says, So he says, so what was the story that led to like this misunderstanding? So he says like this, What happened was, there was a guy who came before someone who owed him money. And he said, I have, he said, can I have cash? He said, I only have land. But it wasn't just because he only had land. He had cash. But every single time he had cash, it was called He hung his money on an idol. Meaning, um, every time he actually had cash, he always said, Oh, that's not mine. It, it's, it belongs to the church. It belongs to the church. It belongs to the church. And because he kept on playing games, so Rava said to him, You're going to play games? You have to sell it in order to give him cash. Meaning, normally, we don't make him do that. This guy was playing games. Every single time he had cash, and they said, hey, like, I see you have cash, you just got paid. He's like, no, 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 that belongs to the church, I'm just bringing it. And he said church, because he knew the Jews wouldn't touch money from a church. So because he was playing games, we made him play games. But in general, if you have land, you can't demand that I sell the land in order to give you cash. Okay. This is interesting. There's a shita that holds that paying back a debt is called a mitzvah. Meaning, Pashas, it's a chiv. But there was one opinion who held that it's not a chiv, it's a mitzvah. Um, look at Rashi. Rashi says three lines without a mitzvah all of the Ulam is devarav. That's interesting. Meaning, Pashas, the way it looks at it is that if I owe you money, I have to pay you back because I have money that's not, mo- that's not mine, that belongs to me. That's not how Rav, Kahan, uh, Rav Papa looks at it. He looks at it as, the reason why you have to pay back is because you said you would. you got to keep your word. It's purely your word. It's a mitzvah to keep your word. It has nothing to do with money. When people give people money, they know they might get it back, they may not get it back. It's not considered stealing. It's just you said you'd give it back. Meaning you're just keeping your word. The question is, it's purely a mitzvah to pay back. So the question is, let's say I don't want to pay the mitzvah. I don't want to do the mitzvah. Meaning, can you force me? If you look at, I have to pay you back because I have money of mine that's not yours. Like, you gave me money that doesn't, that's not right, that you have to pay it back. Then if I don't pay you back, you can beat me up. But if you're p- telling me it's purely a mitzvah 
to pay it back, to keep your word. Will they beat someone for not keeping a mitzvah? So the Gemara says, yes. Amrali Tanina, the Brisa teaches, say, when is it true that you get lashes? They would give you 39 lashes if you did a losa say, right? You eat pork, you get lashes. That's a concept. Av mitzvah say, what is the punishment for not doing a mitzvah? I refuse. Again, a lot of times it's not relevant because Bezin's not going to get involved in your life. But let's say, for whatever reason, Bezin is getting involved in your life because you're refusing to do a mitzvah. You refuse to wear tefillin. And it's affecting the community somehow. I don't know. Like I don't. For, for whatever reason, Bezin's got their focus on you. So what's the punishment? They tell, hey, listen, you got to put up a sukkah. Nope. Lulav. You hit him until he dies. Meaning, they'd hit you. There's no 39. Every single time they'd hit you, they'd say, you ready to do it? No? Hit him again. You ready to do it? Hit him again. Hit him again. Hit him again. And if he dies... To quote the great whatever, and if he dies, he dies, right? That's it. That's it. So that so, that, that yeah. so in other words, when someone goes ahead and give a loan to them, uh, well, so the question is, they would definitely give you lashes for not paying back the loan. The question is, is it if it's a mitzvah say to pay back, then they'll hit you until you die. If it's a losa say, meaning you're stealing, they'll hit you thirty nine. They're going to hit you either way. The question is whether they're hitting you as a losa say or an assay. If they're hitting you as an assay, then there's no amount. See, with the los say, it's in order to rectify your punishment in God. The doctor would evaluate, can you handle outside of, th- how much of 39 can you handle? If he says you can handle 7, they'll hit you 7. 39, they'll hit you 39. But that's it. This one is in a way better and a way worse. Because they can hit you once, and if you say that's enough, you'll stop. But they can hit you a thousand times. So it's like, it's a high risk, high reward for a, for a mitzvah. You understand? The property's not the same thing, though. No, I don't think so. Maybe. I, actually, you know what? I take that back. I don't, this is, again, this is all in of Kahana Shita, which we don't possibly. Oh, okay. I don't so think we possibly. Like, huh? Like, what's, why are they saying it's a like, what, what? Which one? Corporate, like, like, to say that it's a mitzvah and assay, the payback. What's the makar for it? Well, it's a, a sugim bam mitzvah daf mem test. It's called tzedek mishpat amisecha, tzedek she'elach, that you should be righteous. Yeah. Okay. Boi minei rami barchama merav chizda. A guy gives his wife a get, but he says, I only want it to be chal in 30 days. So the get, he gives it to them January 1st, but he says it should take effect January 30th. Now here's the problem. He left the get in what's called Side Rishasarabim. This has to do with yesterday's discussion. You have Rishasarabim, you got Main Street, public, nobody owns it. Then you have those like little alleyways. Remember, there's a little alleyways off like Meisharim. Yeah. So those alleyways are not private, but they're not public. There were people would go to schmooze a little bit or to get out of the way when the cars were coming, but they're not, they're not private, they're not public. So the question is, the get is only chal if it's in private domain. If it's in a public domain, it can't be chal. It has to be in her domain, so to speak. If he left it, he said, January 1st, I'll give it to you now, but I want it to be chal in 30 days. So it, it all depends whether it's chal, it just depends on where it is in 30 days. If you left in Rishas it's not going to be Chal. He left it in Sidi Rishas so The question is, is it Sidi Rishas like Rishas Or is it like Rishas That's the question. It's a general question throughout Shas. It has relevance, obviously, laws of Shabbos, laws of Erevin, and now for the laws of Gittin. So, Amrle, Ein Megrashas, he says, no, no good. Meaning, Sidi Rishas is Rishas How do I know this? Mid the Rabbi Shmuel. The Rabbi Shmuel Dami Tavayi, Vushit Sibur Menachem, Rishas Arabim. But Sidi Rishas Arabim, Rishas Dami. We had this yesterday that for you to take a chayv, a corner of tarifin, that you could just grab before uh, the Yarshim get it, we said, so the Gemara says it has to be in a public domain. 
Rishus Arab. And the Gemara says, Tzidi Rishus Arab has the same status as Rishus Arab. Okay. So, therefore, you could grab the Chayv. And for this discussion, it's not a good get. Other Rabbi, the Gemara says, no, on the contrary, Megoreshis, I think it is a good get, Midrav Nachman, from Rav Nachman's teaching. Dom Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, We had this also yesterday, two days ago, whatever, that if someone says, I want to do a Kenya now on a cow, but it should take effect in 30 days. So the halacha is, It works even though if the animal's sitting in a swamp. So you see that a swamp is considered like a private domain for Kenyonim. Now, isn't a swamp like Tzidr Shusarabim? My love, Hainu Agam, The Gemara assumes that, like, the side, the amount of people that travel through swamps is the equivalent of the people that walk through the side alleyways. So the Gemara says, No, perhaps not. Perhaps people walk into swamps less. It's more of a private domain than Tzidr Shusarab. Okay. Ikadami, uh, some have a different version of this Gemara. Amrle Meguresh, he felt that at first it's a good get by Tzidr Shusarab, because Tzidr Shusarab are not Rishusarab, Midr of Nachman, but Tzidr Shusarab ka Agam Dami, because Tzidr Shusarab is like the swamp. And Adarav, then the Gemara rejects it. No, in Megurashis mid Rav Shmuel, it's not a good get because you learn that from Rav Shmuel. My love, Hainu Shusaram, Hainu Tzidur Shusaram, because Rav and Shmuel said that um, it has to be in a public domain. And the Gemara assumes that Tzidur Shusaram is like Rishusaram. The Gemara says no, Lai Rishusaram lechot Tzidur Shusaram lechot. No, perhaps Rishusaram is one thing and Tzidur Shusaram is a different thing, and they're not the same. Okay, new Mishnah. The Mishnah is a very interesting concept. That is, Chazal made it. It's actually very important. Chazal made it that you can't... Making someone swear, it was like a traumatic thing to swear the name of Hashem. It was, it was something that people did not like to do. But you, you could do it if you have, you have to. The question is, can I just like say, I think you stole from me without any proof and make you swear? The answer is no. Chazal, Chazal do not allow you to make someone swear unless you have some reason to assume. Except if he's a manager of your store. Chazal allowed that a manager of your store or a manager of your business, you can make him swear whenever you want. Because it was so common for managers to be dishonest, you don't need proof. Like, you could just say, on a Tuesday, I'm making you swear today, that you haven't stole from me over the last month. You could do that, because it's understood that when you're managing someone's company, that that's something that you might have to do. The halacha of the Mishnah is, if you make your wife the manager of your store or in charge of your funds, you can make her swear whenever you want, meaning your wife is no different than anyone else. So you can make her swear whenever you want that she hasn't stolen from you. Okay. Revelazer adds, Revelazer says, you can make her swear even if she's not your manager. You can make her swear Stam that she hasn't stolen from you. Like, Stam, you could just take your wife on an average Tuesday to court and make sure that she hasn't stolen sewing needles or anything from your house. Now, the Gemara is going to explain the reason why they're about to disagree with Revelazer is because you can't live with a snake, meaning a marriage where the husband could just take her to court when she's not even managing his money, just stop, take him to court, because that's not, that's beyond unhealthy, but that's Ravalaza Shita. Okay, let's run through the Gemara. The Gemara says, Here's the Shailah. Ravalaza says you could make her swear for household items. Two options of what he means. Number one, meaning what we thought. Stam, she's not your manager, just make her go to court on a Tuesday, asking whether she stole things from your house. That's option number one. Option number two is Ayide Gilgal. Ayide Gilgal means like this. I'm making you swear for another reason, a legitimate reason, 
then once I make you swear, I'm going to throw this on top. Meaning, the first option is Rav Lazar would hold that you could just take a woman to court, stomp, just your wife, and just make her swear that she hasn't stole any vinegar from your kitchen. Or, no, even Rav is not into that. He's only into Gilgal, meaning she's your manager. You're making her swear that she hasn't stolen from your store, which everyone's cool with. Rav is saying that once she's under oath, you could say, I'd like you to add another oath that you're not stealing from my kitchen. So the question is, is Rav cool with making her swear l'chachila or dafka de gilgal dafka, where there's another legitimate oath, he'll, he'll tap that on top. That's the Gemara Shailah. So the Gemara says Tashma. said to "How could you make your wife swear about household kitchen items? Who who could live with such a snake? Meaning, it's not a healthy marriage." Now, the Gemara says, "If you're telling me that Rav holds that you can only make her swear a Gilgal, that means that she's swearing anyway. So why?" The Rabbanon's response to Rav is like, that's so unhealthy. It's like, but if you're making her swear anyway, what's so unhealthy about it? So the Gemara says, no. The Gemara says, that's still unhealthy. Meaning, it could be that Rav actually holds that you can only make her swear a Gilgal. And still the Rabbanon disagree. Why? They're going to say, listen, the woman's going to say, I understand you want me to, make, you want me to swear about the, the, you know, the store that I'm running. But to make me swear in addition that I didn't steal from your kitchen, that's, it's impossible. Meaning, so it could be that still Rav is only talking about Gilgal, and still the same objection, that you can't live with someone under such circumstances. Okay, so we don't know. Uh, the Gemara continues, Tashima, uh, we're going to have a whole brace up that describes their opinions, and it'll become clear that Rav uh, holds you can make her swear without her being a manager of the store, just stop, you can make her swear. The brace says like this, Tashima, uh, if a woman, if a person never exempted his wife from a shul, as we'll see in a moment, and you made her manager of your store, you can make her swear whenever you want. But if you didn't make her the manager of your store, she's just I'm your wife. You can't make her swear. Rav disagrees. He says, no, even if you didn't make her the manager of his store, the Rav says, she doesn't have to be the manager of your store to make her swear because she's the manager of the kitchen. Because she's in charge, you know, she's definitely been in the kitchen, she's running the kitchen, so make her swear for that. Amrulai in the Rabbanon's response is Ainadim Darim Nachash Bekhviva. You can't force someone to live in such a terrible environment. Therefore, we're not going to make her swear. So Shmamina, boy, you do see from this is that Rabbalazar holds you can make her swear even without her managing the store. Just stop making her swear. Shmamina. Now, let's do the mission, then we'll stop. The, the 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 premise of the mission is we see that a husband can make his wife swear. Question is, what if he said verbally or he wrote in a star, I will never make you swear? So what's the halacha then? So Misha says, He writes the following, I will not make you swear. So then what's the halacha? He can't make her swear. But, If she dies and her heirs want to take money from him, he can make them swear because he only exempted her. But the point is we're very medayic in his lashon. He said, I'm not going to make you swear her heirs, or or if she sells the ksuva to someone else and that person wants to collect, he can make that guy collect because that person is not his wife. He exempted his wife only. But 
if he added the following lasha, I won't make you swear, and I won't make your heirs or people who come into your, who take over your ksuba, then the halacha is, he's saying it's Pasha. Yeah. Yeah. But the halacha is, again, the husband says, I'm not making you swear, I'm not going to make your heirs swear. He can't make them swear. But if the husband dies, and the wife wants to take money from the orphans, the orphans can make her swear. Because they never signed the document. But if he says, I or my heirs will not make you or your heirs swear, so then, then, um, then nobody can make anybody swear. Okay. One last halach. It's pretty simple. One last halachic shayla. What this means is the last last little concept, and that is, let's say you have a woman who, after the husband died, she buried the husband, and then she she went back to her father's house, meaning she was not in charge of the estate. The halacha is, the heirs cannot make her swear. Meaning, yeah, one second. If let's say after the husband dies and she buries the husband, she then becomes in charge of his estate, then as we saw in the previous Mishnah, you can make a woman swear if she's in charge of the estate whenever you want. Except, you cannot make her swear on what she did by the burial. Meaning, you could only make her swear for the money that she was in charge of the estate after the burial, not before the burial. Why? Because we're afraid that if women who are in charge of the estate for a period of time, if they're going to be so scrutinized, they're not going to spend any money on the burial. We want it to be that after the husband dies, even though she's in charge of the state until the burial, we're not going to make her swear based on that, what she did in that amount, because we don't want her to be so worried that she's not going to spend money in the burial. If she's in charge of the state after the burial, then she's like any other person in charge of the state, we are going to make her swear. But we're not going to be so tough with her until the burial, because we're afraid, Chazal, we're afraid that if you're so scrutinizing on her, then no one's going to bury uh, their loved ones properly. All right, we'll stop here, pick it up on Shabbos.